and welcome back to the In Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is Michael Breslin. Hello. And the South Dorish Sausage, Dave Harris. <laughs> well, I'm sizzling after that, come out, Will. Oh, there we are. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Now, oh, what food group are we going to ask Dave what he's into this week? Well, it's got to be sausages after it's, that. It's, Dave, what's your favourite brand of sausage? No? no? Is he gone? Not engaged? I think he might have actually just left the call. Brez, what's your favourite type of sausage? What's my favourite type of sausage? Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back? He's yeah, back. I was going to say there was some technical issues there. Um, oh, that's what you call it, is it? Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah come on, favourite uh, type of sausage? There's not really that many types. A chipolata. Yeah. No. Lovely. No one likes the chipolata. I mean, what are they called Cumberland Chipolatas, I think there are. Oh, every mate. now and then, <laughs> it's not a favourite. Just, just saying, can throw some respect. Every now and then, Savoy does hit a bit different. It's what not mean, a favourite. What do you mean it's by hit favourite? <laughs> just, uh, I, I, think think run, I think he's run into that. Yeah, <laughs> I think he has. Anyway. Speaking of a lack of running, what a segue that is. What are we talking about this week? We're talking about Chelsea versus Manchester United. It's probably a good place to start. Um, and then we'll talk about more exciting games. Now, I'm just going to pull back. Dave, look at this. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm pulling back the curtain for the viewers. Um, I sadly, or maybe not sadly, missed the first half of this game and then had to rewatch it later. And let me tell you now, ladies and gentlemen, um, Oh, they should have put the Samaritans on at half-time, shouldn't they? Because good or <laughs> I was ready to commit at the end of this game. God, what a diabolically dull fixture. Mr Breslin, as the resident Man United fan, what did you make of this game? It was also, but first, I'd like to just wish Will a very happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. So, on behalf of me and Dave and the listeners, which there aren't many, but we'll, we'll <laughs> wish you anyway. <laughs> oh dear. Right, um, birthday, well. Anyway, it's a man new Chelsea, which was not just, a great birthday just, present for you there. No, well in the well, to be fair, actually, is quick thing for you. Oh, we clean played, sheet there. Played on my birthday the last two I can remember two last year we played Burnley and we won four 0 But many years ago we scored we played on my birthday and it was Man United. It was one one, Drogba scored. Um Ivanovic got sent off. It was thoroughly dull as well. So this fixture anywhere in and around my birthday, great podcast, is terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. So thank you very much for best wishes. But please, let's move on and don't remind me how old I am. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess Lampard pretty much came to sit sit there to get a clean sheet. Maybe nick one with his front three, which are about the only attacking players uh, that he fielded. He got his point and his clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Mendy had a decent day. Thiago Silva looked a bit better. He looked really good, I thought. Yeah, he did. Uh, Rhys James had a really good game as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess it's it's positive, but when you've got all that attacking talent, I'd be a bit annoyed yeah. that he didn't even at least try a little bit. But isn't... I mean, let's, let's dive straight into the Chelsea perspective then. Um, so... The main criticism that's been levelled at Lampard is his teams his team struggle to defend, and um, they're a bit naive. So we look at let's look at this ret- the return fixture last year that um, Man United won four um, nil. Chelsea Chelsea dominated the opening exchanges of that game, hit the woodwork twice, but got counter attacked, and the United scored four goals. Um, Lampard probably was criticised on the day, probably rightfully so, for being a bit naive. And this is probably a bit more street smart um, because a point away at United. I mean, we've been a bit. Let's. We're not going to We're not going to pretend that a point away at United's not uh, is a bad result. It's not a great result because obviously you want to win every game, but you. It's more important, I think, to not lose that game. Uh, I mean, that's what we're really. Well, I think it was quite a Mourinho display, to be honest. It was, it was, yeah. That was a comparison I was going to bring up. Um, I think, yeah, it's still a decent point. Obviously, Palace and Spurs have already been to Old Trafford and and won comfortably. But I think he came with a game plan. It worked. So, fair play to Lampard in a sense that he's finally found a way to get his team to defend. Obviously... uh, 
Well, Men- Mendy had that bizarre pass across his box that yeah, almost went in. But other than that, he made some good saves. I don't think yeah. there were any outstanding saves in there, but he I, made saves that he should make. I, I think the one again, oh, the one from Rashford at the end, I thought was a really good save. Because I don't think he saw a lot of it. I'm trying to just picture that. Yeah, that was a good save. Yeah. That through, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was the only one. That was his best one. Yeah, I'd yeah. say. So, but that's good signs that Chelsea have probably, hopefully, fixed their goalkeeping spot. Yeah, Dave, isn't that isn't that the big thing we keep saying about Chelsea is that we're not we're not looking for a, at this point they're not looking for a keeper to make the saves that I mean Petrček used to make a save every game where you went Jesus Christ as he saved that they're not looking for that with Mendy are they they're just looking for a they're just looking for some stability yeah, yeah safe pair of hands keeper you can rely on and not have to worry about making stupid mistakes. Um, and obviously, it will help the rest of the team, especially the fans, play better. They have someone behind them they can rely on. Mm-hmm. They can just play their natural game instead of maybe having to overthink a pass back to the keeper that, with Kappa, sometimes ended in disaster when really it just shouldn't do at that level. If, um, say, say like Chelsea had, had been a bit more composed, because the, prob- the real problem for Chelsea was when they had, when they had the ball, they were a bit sloppy with it. Um, uh, I think both Pulisic and Havertz had a, a few sloppy moments um, and then in the second half they decided not to give the ball to Pulisic at all they, let him, they were like we, we won't let him run at Luke Shaw I was like okay alright let him run at Luke Shaw see what happens um, but say like they had managed to nick one away nick one on the counter uh, are we having a, we're having a totally different discussion about how this was a genius plan from Lampard well, that's we? that's yeah that that is true. It's that would be job done. Yeah, it's pretty much what Leicester did at Arsenal. I yeah, guess. yeah. Um, so when when you think that Leicester at Arsenal has been being described as a well, it was pretty much a similar performance. They yeah. caught, they got one in Vardy. Mm-hmm. Chelsea didn't. So my opinion is they're a bit negative. But yeah, in reality, if they nick one, it's an excellent performance. Yeah, so the, which is was, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it is like goals change games, is the old cliche. Um, so, so, so Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, and Ever were um, having a spat about Chelsea's negativity, and they were also questioning on who can be the worst pundit. Um, but Ever seemed to be offended at Chelsea's negativity. Um, do you think that's fair? Do you think Chelsea should have to come out and win this game away at United? Um, I think against this, well, the way this United hit you is obviously on the counter. So you set up to stop that, which is exactly what Chelsea did. Mm-hmm. I personally, I'm not a Chelsea fan, so, but I personally would like, given their attacking talent that Frank's got, mm-hmm. to be a bit more, we can outscore them or let's go and... I mean, he's literally only played three attacking players in this game. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone else is a defensive-minded player. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I would yep. say. Only Pulisic, Havertz and Werner. Granted that United have only played four, but that's still one more. So, uh, Dan James is an offensive player, though. I mean, he's offensive on the eyes, but he's not an offensive player. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, th- I can't believe he's a Premier League player. I think, I think He's just th- like a greyhound, man. That's all right, I, th- I think, as a Chelsea fan, I think I would be, I would be annoyed... If we were sitting, like, take the Southampton game and the West Brom game. Like, Chelsea were bombing <laughs> forward, throwing themselves forward against perceived weaker foes. Um, and it didn't really work out that they couldn't. That's... So the whole, we score more than you. Chelsea scored a ton of goals this season. They sort of have played that way. But, and Lampard's been getting criticised for it. So... I think I think going away, and I think this is probably me growing up under the guise of and the uh, the Lord and Savior of Mourinho. It's that my my way my, my in my head the way of winning a league title is win your games against the big six at home and draw away. That's how that's that's the that is the bread and butter blue, blueprint in my head every single time. Like I mean, you look at you can't afford to lose to the teams around you, regardless of where you are in the league. So I, I must admit, I thought. I thought some of the some of the criticism was probably a little unwarranted. I thought the 
I think I think after the Southampton game, after the perception of the three goals conceded, I thought it was a really important to get a clean sheet against Sevilla, and then it probably is equally important to get one here. Um, but then again, I can see why people would be frustrated. So, what do you think of this result for United? Crap. Hmm. I. It wasn't great, was it, really? Even for us, and we were a bit more offensive. Uh, you Obviously, well, I guess we'll quickly touch on it, that obviously it was should have been a pen for Maguire's cuddling yeah. soul on Aspilicueta. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, don't, look, I don't know how that doesn't get picked up, if I'm look, honest. Look, Var, Var's never going to catch Harry Maguire for anything, because uh, last year he kicked Batshuayi in the knackers, and... Um, he didn't get sent off and then scored the winner. So it doesn't really matter with Maguire. They're never giving anything against him. Uh, it was a baffling decision. Yet again, VAR not doing what it's made for. But in terms of United offensively in this game, I still don't think they know how to attack when there isn't tons of open space. No, I agree. Um, obviously, Chelsea, as we said, were sat deep. Mm-hmm. Exactly what you should be doing against this United attack. And even with Fernandez and Matter on there, who you think would be able to find a bit of magic or create something, couldn't really create any clear-cut chances. Cavani, when he came on, obviously he had that little flick into the side netting. Thought thought it was actually a positive sign from the I game. I thought he did good. That he might turn out better than I expected, and I thought he might be decent. Mm. Um, Pogba coming on, he was fine. I just don't know where Van der Beek is. I know this has been a big thing since the game, but Ever's comments, obviously, as well on Sky. I just don't know why he hasn't played at all. It is odd. I mean, it feels like... Has Bruno played every game? I think so. Here's my question. Has Bruno played well yet? I don't think so. Everyone's still heaping on the praise because he keeps scoring penalties, but that's it. Bruno's got... Bruno's like... He's got he's got a couple of like really telling moments of quality, which I guess is what you get from a creative player like that. But I haven't seen like I haven't seen him play well. Like it's it's kind it's kind of the same it's the same position with Havertz. I mean with Havertz in a way, in that I haven't actually seen him. He's got a couple of goals, he's got a couple of assists, but other than the Crystal Palace game, I don't think he's actually played well. Um, other than the first half at Southampton, and it's probably because he's still figuring out his position and his teammates but Bruno Bruno every time I look at him he reminds me of Havertz because Solskjaer just keeps shunting him around the pitch like at one point in this game he was playing as one of the two in the pivot because because Solskjaer had thrown on Pogba um, and and Greenwood and Cavani and Rashford was still there and it just felt a bit odd it felt really disjointed both in attack and defence it, it, not in defence but in the midfield section and I just think so much of United's season was building on the idea of um, Matic sitting and those two attacking eights in Fernandez and Pogba, and it just didn't seem, it's just not seemed to to click yet. And I'm I'm getting a bit not worried for Fernandez, but I, I, he just he looks tired. Yeah, I, th- I still think he's tired, and I think he's going to suffer a little bit from his early success it was so good that everyone thinks he's incredible when actually he's good, but he isn't that good. Yeah, well, I mean, when he first when he first came in, he was single handedly winning games, and he we I, we came on this podcast, and I said I said he reminds me in just his sheer influence on the team of when you used to look at Hazard at Chelsea, and you used to look, you look at De Bruyne at Man City, that kind of influence on the team, and he he's he's not that yet, maybe, but he will be, but he's not that right now. Um, Dave, as the neutral, um, hmm. so you really had to. Really had to sit through this game because it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> but um, is there anything you anything you noticed or were impressed by, or just would no. just get? Uh, I don't know. I think I sort of get both sets of fans overreacting to it. I mean, Dan James. Every time I see him, like when just when he first signed, I was quite optimistic for him, but he just really don't know what he's doing there. Um, but about this game in in general. I think I sort of said with Mike on the side of Chelsea, I'd, given how much they've spent, not even it's not even about the money, just players like Werner and Havertz are exciting to even come to the Premier League. 
to not really try and use them in a game was a bit baffling, especially when if this was like a Man United team of old where getting a point against them is a huge achievement, then fair. But yeah. Chelsea playing more attacking football and more like themselves, I think they could have got something out of this. But Okay, that's a fair point. But though. at the same time, if he'd done that and it went wrong, I mean, at the end of the day, a point is still better than nothing. Who, who, and as you say, a clean sheet was important for Chelsea. Who did we want Mandy. to see? Who did everyone want to see playing? Like, Ziyech isn't fit enough to start. So who, who's the other attacking player that everyone wanted to see on? That was my question. Because is it Mount? Because is Mount... Mount's well, you've got, you have got Mount. You've got Abraham. Ziyech yeah. is an option. Yeah, he's... I didn't know he wasn't fit enough to start. I, I, my, my thing is, I don't. I've, I've decided I don't like Werner playing off Abraham. Um, I don't like Werner playing out on the left because that means Pulisic has to go on the right, and I, 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 I've just, I just feel a bit sorry for Lampard. He can't win. I mean, he certainly can't win. There's plenty, plenty of fucking draws this season, but um, <laughs> he just seems. It seems like everything he does at the moment is sort of getting a. Yeah, but I think I think that's because last season no one expected anything from them, and he did well. And this this window, especially, he's really been allowed to to make some pretty big signings. Yeah, and I think whenever any manager does that, there's a lot more pressure on them because there is. Yeah, they've put like this expectation uh, of making things work that maybe wasn't there before. It's like another thing that people judge them on, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're, I mean, they're not doing well enough. Um, that goes without saying. But again, it's a lot. It's a lot of players to gel in a short time. The, yeah. Going back, going back to Van der Beek. Um, well, I don't understand why he's not playing, and it, it strikes me as a Woodward signing, not and um, one that Ollie doesn't like. That would appear to be the case if if Solskjaer's not giving him any games. No, well, I don't not, understand because he was brilliant at Ajax. I think he'd be. I think he'd be good in the Premier League. I think he'd be really good. Um, not and not to give him his full mention again, but uh, this really does feel like um, Mourinho playing Kennedy at left back because he wanted a left back. Playing, <laughs> play, playing Ricardo Carvalho in midfield because he wanted a defensive midfielder. It feels <laughs> like that a little bit. Um, yeah, but anyway, we will see. What a truly fucking dreadful game of football, though. Absolutely horror. Do you want to laugh? Go and look at the XG numbers. <laughs> yeah, great. Glenn Holder would have described it as an absorbing game, though. Speaking of absorbing games, let's talk about um, another draw: um, Man City and West Ham. Um, second draw of second draw against a top tier opponent for um, West Ham. Actually, that's a lie. They played Tottenham last week. What am I saying? Um, so, if anything, if there's any moment. I think if there's not moment, if there's been any game which is sort of emblematic of City struggles over the last uh, nine months to a year, certainly it's this one, lads. Um, yeah, wasn't the greatest game, um, Mike. You wrote on the document that we have before thing. Pep is poo. Would you care to clarify those statements? Oh, that was me. Like that. I was, was Dave. Me. Oh, yeah. my Breslin. Dave, clarify your statements. Why is Pep poo? Well, firstly, there were some rhymes on there and jokes. So I just—I <laughs> don't know. It's more just the fact I don't think he'll be there under the season than him doing anything disastrously wrong. But okay. I am worried for them. Uh, I can say that much. Uh, they've got so much talent, and nothing really seems to be clicking for them at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, like as good as Phil Foden is, it's a bit worrying that they were relying on him to get anything out of this game given the players they have. Have they got so much talent? Yes. This is my question as well. No, have they, though? Okay, I mean, I Raheem Sterling's as, one of the best... I don't think it's as good as we think it is. Raheem no, I don't Sterling think it is either. It's one of the best wingers in the world, whatever you think of him as an Who? individual. Sterling? Yeah. Okay. I think... He is. I think they've got... No, no, I think I'm, they've got... They've got three of the best players in the league in Laporte... Mares and De Bruyne, and then maybe Sterling if you go a fourth. Now, if you've got four of the top players in the league, that would dictate you've probably got enough talent, maybe. 
but I do agree with you, Brez. I think the squad is particularly if Aguero's in. I forgot Aguero. They've got five. What am I saying? Maybe Edison. Oh. <laughs> Who wants Edison when you got Edward Mendy? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the confidence a few saves gives you. No, but going back to that, Brez. Why do you, why do you think they're a bit talent light? I just don't. I'm not. I'm starting to wonder if they're not as good as we think they are. So, like you just said, yes, they've got four or five, whatever you. I think five. Want to consider world class? That is true. But the defense is still, despite yeah, to be fair, defense is terrible. I don't. I I haven't seen much of this Diaz yet. But Walker, Garcia, and Cancelo were the four with Ruben Diaz that started this game. I, I don't overly rate any of those four. Bernardo Silva hasn't been the same player. <laughs> the disrespect yeah. to Kyle Walker, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Kyle, Walker's, Kyle Walker, I agree, limited right back. Still a very good player. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I still don't rate him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a ludicrous claim, but there we go. He needs to defend. He can't defend. He just can't defend. Rodri still hasn't filled the, the void left by Fernandinho. I don't no. know what Gundogan really does, even though he's supposed to be an international. Bernardo Silva, he's not been the same since that a couple of years ago. And then you've got the front three in this game, Sterling, Aguero and Mahrez. That is an outrageous front three. But the best, the rest of it I look at and I think, yeah, I could give and take any of those, to be honest. I don't think the problem's starting. To, I, I'm, we're going to do it again. I don't think the problem's starting defense for City. I think they start further up the pitch. Like you watch City now, and you watch City a few years ago when when they had Sane, Sterling, and Sterling playing the right. They were constantly getting to the um, constantly getting to the um, the byline and cutting it back. And they found so much joy there. They were they had such natural width that people teams couldn't compact the middle. And since they've switched Sterling over to the left and they're playing Mahrez on the right, both inverted wingers, it gets so clogged in the middle. And when it gets clogged in the middle, they revert to Kevin De Bruyne spamming crosses. And if, honestly, if you're having a player spam crosses that isn't maybe Trent, it would be Kevin De Bruyne. But their way of attacking just feels so, so like stodgy for a pep team. It just doesn't feel right. And I think the fact that they've replaced Sane with another right-footed winger... Like, it doesn't feel like the right replacement for him, almost. Um, and the fact that Mendy's injured means that they haven't got any width coming from the left-back because none of the other left-backs in the squad, that's what they're... They don't excel at that. They're all more comfortable pushing into midfield. So, I just... They just I do like Foden, though. I will say that. I don't. I don't. He's, He's fantastic. really good. Generational. Look what a sex scandal does for you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just bringing it up every week. I, I hope it is not... the, Sorry, I was going to say on the other side, West Ham starting to look pretty decent. Yeah. No, I think Will, so. Not for you? No. no. Why not? No. I just, You're just not having it, are you? It's just because uh, like, it's West Ham. West, West, Ham, West, Ham are playing some, West Ham are playing very well at the moment, but the, the wheels are going to come off because it's West Ham. So, they always do. They always boys. do. It, it, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast, but they, they've just played in the league Wolves, Leicester, Spurs and City. And, and I reckon I either said it on here or thought it that they were going to get zero points from those games. And they've got three, six, eight points from four games against... That's not bad. And there were 3-0 down to Spurs. Yeah, come on, Will. <laughs> I, 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 just, might, I don't believe... Mighty Moisey. Like, like, I mean, it's. I just, I just don't believe that they're able to be good for consistently long. Like, I mean, they're run by the Dildo Brothers. Like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's exactly the same thing. Like, Spurs, could, Spurs could be ten points top of the league with three games to go, and I still wouldn't believe they're winning the league title. Like, they'd find a way to bottle that. Like, it's, 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 it's just clubs you don't believe in. And West Ham are one of those clubs. Well, I and, think they could have a good year. No, I am I'm, very. I'm willing to be positive, Hammers fans. I am very happy for David Moyes, though. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because, and Mikel uh, Antonio, by the way. Can we just... This overhead kick. Go on, Brad. Talk, what a talk, goal. Talk what story, a man. goal. Especially because he's got a defender up his arse and he holds him off and still makes the overhead kick. 
That was quite a statement there. That was a statement. <laughs> what a way to describe a goal. Have you considered Coventry? <laughs> uh, uh, not yet, but maybe now. Nah. Uh, okay, that's enough. That's enough for that game because again, until Pep figures out um, uh, how to attack again, we could be a real problem. I just want to go back to one thing actually, Dave. You said you don't think Pep will be there at the end of the season. Why not? I think he'll walk away. Why? I think I think he's a sort of person where if things aren't going his way, uh, I think he'd he'd much rather walk away and keep us keep his reputation and never get sacked. And I think... Do you think City will ever sack him? They won't sack him. I don't think they can ever sack him. Uh, I just don't know anymore. So many managers have been sacked by clubs where you think they wouldn't be at this point. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it depends if they... depends how bad a spell we go through, I guess. But I think it comes down to... I think already we're seeing problems with their squad. They clearly need to sign another striker to actually replace Aguero. If there's signings that he identifies (laughs) that he wants and they don't back him in January and he feels they need it, I'm not sure he'll stay. So, here's the follow-up question. So, let's assume City win. So, let's just, for for good measure, let's give City another league title at the end of this season. But Pep still walks away. Is Is his time at City a failure? Yeah, he never won the Champions League. Is that is that it for Pep? Does Pep have to win the Champions League for so say Pep? That's what that, he was brought in to do, wasn't it? With the amount of money that that he would be too. I know, but that'd be that'd be three league titles in five years alongside a whole hall of domestic cups. Oh, you great! Say he, the Carling Cup every you, year. But you could say he dominated. Even we've won that one. He dominated English football for that period. Is it still a failure just because he's not delivered the big one? Yep. I think so. That's what he was brought in to do. And he didn't do it. Okay. Was Mourinho's first spell at Chelsea a failure? No, but that was totally different. Is it? He was brought in to win the Champions League. Yeah, but Chelsea needed to win more leagues. City had City had won more leagues before Pep came in. That is true. But than Chelsea had at the time. Chelsea needed is... to win the league first. That is true, but he was specifically bought in to, to take... Okay, but it's, it's, a lot bigger, it's a lot bigger jump if you haven't already won the league. No, I mean, that's a fair point. Okay. Dave, is he... Whereas if, you, if you're already winning the league often, which City were anyway, hmm. it's been good, but I still think he it, failed it, at his it, main goal. Is there nothing to be said for breaking the 100-point barrier? No, I was going to say, I think... The thing with this wouldn't be him being a failure, it'd be more frustration. He's built teams that have been so dominant in the league, but somehow not been able to get anywhere near the same level in in European competition. I wouldn't ever say that he's been a failure. The 100-point season, I think you could argue at principle, yeah, he's a failure for not winning the Champions League. But as his overall spell, I think it'd be very unfair to say that. It'd be more frustrating. Just the way that they've been able to tear apart teams in the Premier League, look untouchable a couple of seasons, and then they get onto the get into the Champions League and they just totally shy away for some reason. Mm-hmm. I think it's for me anyway. I'd, I'd say it's more frustration than a failure mm-hmm. if if that mm-hmm. was to be the case. Okay, because they've been so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, for what it's worth, it would be a failure. Total, total, total failure if they didn't win the Champions League. And they won't win the Champions League because they suck. So, <laughs> speaking... Oh, no, there's not even a good segue. No, there. don't do that. Let's just fucking talk about Everton. Like, Right, so, Dave, your boy Danny Ings, your boy Jay Adams, they did it again. Oh, they're just... They're just so good. So, let's Southampton beat Everton 2-0. Um, Che Adams and James Ward-Prowse. Danny Ings got two assists. Everton are the um, last team to be beaten in the Premier League, which means Arsenal fans got to have a little sad day. Um, sorry, a little sad celebration, which is, oh, it's the Invincibles Day. Oh, we got, a lot, we got a lot of draws in the FIFA. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, lads. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> 
Honestly, the Invincibles, get out of here. Um, that being said, Dave, um, Southampton, after a bit of a, a sort of like a rocky start, getting absolutely battered by Spurs, they're sort of coming together. How are you feeling about Southampton? Because we were pretty high on them. Yeah, don't, I still am. Dave, don't mention the 9-0. You do it every week. Yeah, I'm not going don't to. Don't fucking do it. I did think about it. It was the anniversary as well. Yeah, I thought about mentioning the anniversary, but I won't. You've already mentioned it by telling me not to mention it, Will, really. So, I think think he's just got this team set up so well, to be honest. Shay Adams really sort of, we saw at the end of the, well, the end of last year after the restart, sort of come into his own a bit, got a bit of confidence, sort of has a, a set role in the team now. Uh, which allows him to play off things, uh, and they just have clearly have built up an understanding. So when you've got two strikers like that, it always always comes together. I always feel um, unless you've got two shit ones like Fulham. Um, harsh on Mitrovic, but he looks like he's don't know what happened to Mitrovic. Maybe he saw something traumatic over the summer. Not sure. Um. <laughs> God, you are waffling. No, but I, I just think Southampton, the way this season's going so far, I think they could possibly break the top ten. That's the claim. Why? I'm with, I'm with you. Where did we put them on Prem Predictor? Uh, I prediction swear. We, did we I think it was. I think, like, I think it was tenth. It um, been tenth. Mike, um, Southampton. Like, I think we talk about we talk about. I think a lot of people wanted to draw parallels between um, uh, Ollie and Lampard not knowing what they were doing, which I think is a bit unfair with the fact that Hassan Huttley is a guy with a clear defier style who clearly knows what he's doing because he's got Southampton purring. Um, um, so, 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 Brez, um, if Hassan Huttle, um gets like, we're talking like eighth, um, do we, can we see like a bigger club going in for him? Um, in terms of, because I think we'll probably see at the end of this season a lot of underperforming teams have underperformed and perhaps looking to switch it up. Um, could this be almost a perfect storm for him? It definitely could be, and probably they sh- certainly should be looking his way. He's done a a brilliant job to turn this Southampton team into what they are now, um, mm-hmm. especially considering where they were. We won't discuss obviously a certain mm-hmm. scoreline, but. A lot of places don't stick with you after that. Mm. Southampton did because they knew they had a good coach here. He's proven he's a bloody good coach. As Dave said, he's got Ings and Adams uh, playing really well together at top. I like Romeo and Ward-Prowse as well. They're fairly solid at the back. Just all over the pitch, they're just a solid team who are well coached. They're well drilled. They all know their roles, exactly what they're doing. If, if I'm a big team, a top four, top six, and my, I've got a vacancy, he, he would be high on my list, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Exciting times for Southampton. Um, they deserve it. Because um, i tell you what, I don't think a club, I think I don't think a, a club that's pretty stable in the league has almost like higher peaks and troughs than Southampton because as soon as they get good, everyone comes in and nicks all their bloody players and managers. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so... Let's talk about the other side of the coin, Everton. Really, this was a really not a good performance. Um, it's the second week in a row where they've really attacked right backs. Uh, Everton's right back as they've worked out that James Rodriguez will not turn and run. And teams are really, really, really attacking that. And it's going to cause them a lot of problems in this 4-4-2. And I hate to say it, Richarlison was actually a miss for them in this game because for some reason people respect him enough to actually mark him I wouldn't personally but people do um, <laughs> I wouldn't go near him after his no. tackle last week <laughs> I mean his band should be like seven seven years long just so I never have to watch him again Dave um, as the Re- resident Everton fan on the podcast um, do you want to tell me what you thought of this performance it wasn't wasn't pretty was it to be honest no um. Yeah, they just looked weak in most areas, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Dinier as well looked 
I felt pretty much overran for the entire game. He just usually I usually quite like him, but he just didn't really have a scene to get into this one. Just... Well, he can't he, he can't defend, which is a clear problem for him. Mr. Breslin, stick your hand up. I've, I actually yeah, I actually thought God Godfrey was the one, as Will said on, on yeah. the right side. Oh God, Bertrand yeah. and Redmond were just tearing <laughs> him apart. In his defence, he's a centre back. I can't believe they played was, him at right back. It was sensational. Like Ryan Bertrand at the end was licking his lips. He was like barbecue <laughs> chicken over here. This is over. It was great. <laughs> they just kept playing it in behind him, and he was yeah. just in the oh, every time. But they they had the overlap on him every time as well because yeah, it was that, brutal for him. Well, <sighs> Dave. To play Gilfy Sigurdsson and Hammers in the same midfield is criminal. It is criminal. Hammers won't run and Gilfy Sigurdsson can't run. To put them in the same midfield, wow. You're asking a lot of whoever else is in that midfield to do some running. So, um... And Alex Awobi, hideous display. Hideous. Which is, which is odd because he's been good every time he's come No, he has been good recently. And I don't like him. Neither do I, but he was <laughs> genuinely hideous in this one. So yeah. bad, subbed off at half time, I think. So I've got he was, two. He was awful. I've got two questions. Well, I'm going to. Re- first one is not a question, it's more of a statement because we're revisiting a point from a few weeks ago when we suggested that buying Norwich came up. Norwich didn't def- improve their defence. Norwich went down. Team bought Norwich defender for twenty five million. Team uh, is harsh on. He's been played out of position. He's a centre back. I. It's. It wasn't uh, a good performance though. No, I know, no, but it wasn't good. I. I know, but you can't judge him he's, when he's out but, of position no, solely. True. But he's you one of. I am with that. Sorry, he's one of because. Yeah, what's he supposed to do? He, they'd already had him on toast because of the overlaps and playing it in behind him. Uh, it, admittedly, his defend his positional sense was not very good. No, but he was at. He wasn't played at. He was played out of position, which isn't very helpful. I would like to think he'll grow into this a little bit, <laughs> but but if Ancelotti's going to continue to play him at right back, he needs to learn fast because that was yeah, not he good. does. It's it's odd that and that was against Nathan Redmond. Hey, Nathan Redmond's not a bad player, Mike. Nathan Redmond is a, is a quality player. He's not, I get what I'm you're saying. I'm just saying, saying wait, wait and see what happens against Man City or against Liverpool. Well, It'll be easier against Man did City. Did he play against Liverpool? Easy against Man City because you just show him inside every time. Show him inside every time. That's where they want to go. <laughs> Useless team. Um, the, other one, the other question I've got for you, lads, is uh, they've had a lot of success with... Um, 4-3-3 in the early goings of the season. However, we've seen it the last couple of weeks. We saw it in the, Again, we saw it in the Liverpool game that they were really targeting the right side because they know Rodriguez won't run. Um, is there now something to be said for looking into maybe a formation change to maybe play Rodriguez behind Calvert-Lewin? Um, yeah. or, or would you not change what is, in theory, a winning team? Uh, Do you need to see it happen a bit more first? Um, yeah, I'd say give it a bit more of a, a bit more time. I'd be tempted. They're still top of the league. I'd be tempted to give it another couple of games and see yeah. if other teams decide to do the same thing. Which but they it's certainly, mm-hmm. certainly a cause for concern or a thought for concern at least. Particularly when without um, with everyone able to load up on hammers and DCL. Hold on, lads. They're a bit. They're a bit in trouble there. Wait, wait, wait. If Godfrey, if Coleman's out when Tinya's banned. Who are they playing at left back? <laughs> They've got uh, that French guy, haven't they? From Marseille. Oh, so is it? Unkunku, um, is it? It's not Unkunku, he plays for Leipzig. No. No, yeah, there's an Unkunku yeah. that plays for Everton. What? Yeah, he was on from Marseille. He was on the bench for this game. He, he's. <clears throat> I think he played in like a cup game or something, and apparently he was quite good. But he's pretty unproven. Should we should we do the red card? Yes. Do you think it was a red? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did you understand what Jamie Redknapp was going on about? I missed. No, that, Jamie Redknapp. Wasn't Jamie Redknapp say? saying that? It, didn't he? Well, I'd say a quote, but he basically said that things like that are a joke. Yeah. It should only be a yellow card. Well, if that's a red game's gone, maybe he said. 
I think the word I think the word Games Gone was used. Um, yeah, I think oh my god. What? <laughs> yeah, I think they actually were were used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Surely pundits need training in the rules or something. It doesn't matter if he means it. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Also, ten yards before, he tried to do the same thing, but he didn't stamp on him hard enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> joke. Absolute joke. It was a so he had a nibble, and then he had a nibble, and then he just stamped straight on him. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, I was listening, but I, I got. I'm just trying to look up Everton's fullback options. They've got. They've got. According to transfer market, <laughs> they've got six players who can play at right back. <laughs> yeah, they've got only got two who can play at left back. I'm just this who is, else is it listing for right back? Let, Surely right, okay. Gabberman. Well, well, firstly, it says Michael. Keane Fabian can, Delph at left it says, back. It says go. Michael Keane can apparently play right back, which I, for one, would love to see. Yeah, not uh, for my not for my fancy prayer. Mason Holgate. Matthew Holgate Penny, used to be a right back, to be fair. John Joe Kenny, Seamus Coleman. Oh, John Joe Kenny's not and all that bad. Mohamed Besic can play right back. No. <laughs> this is ludicrous. That's a football manager, Red Sir. No one would yeah, know where Besic plays because um, he's never actually played for Everton. Interesting <laughs> enough, Andre, Andre Gomez doesn't have a position. It just says vibes. So that's interesting. <laughs> oh, wait, he does. They say he can play left mid. For who? Oh my god, that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Right, okay. Talk about a different game now because I've had enough of that. Um, suppose the the one to the one to talk about is the one we sort of alluded to earlier. Um, Leicester, the Brendan Rodgers masterclass, um, beating Arteta's Arsenal one 0 Um, very complimentary about Arteta on this podcast. We do like Arsenal's project. Um, however, he. He's played a full 38 games now, 23 wins, six draws, nine losses, eight points less than Emery had in the same time span. Wow. Um, Really? Wow. Here's what I've got a question for you. Is the only difference between Emery and Arteta turtlenecks and PR? Turtlenecks and PR. Or is it not? Can you you name the uh, episode that, please? Turtlenecks and PR. Okay, yeah, Yeah. I can do uh, no, I, I, th- I think Arsenal are heading, still heading in the right direction. I can't believe that Emery got more points. I, that's got that can't be right. Oh no, it is. It is. Even right. if it is right, it is I'd right. rather watch this Arsenal than his Arsenal. You and I think further, most fans would say the same. You can further in Europe too. <laughs> well, Will's loving this. He's got another season. But yeah. They should do. They're in Europe this year, aren't they? Oh, Arteta? Yeah. I don't trust him, though. I don't trust him. <laughs> How can he think with that thing around his neck? <laughs> well, what, what, what did we make of the disallowed goal? Have you seen it? Uh, no. No. Didn't, okay. I, didn't watch, I didn't watch this game because it was on no. pay for you. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll boycott that. But I have seen the highlights. So, basically, Jacket... The, it's a header, I think, from a corner, and Jacker is offside, but he's not really impeding Schmeichel. But he gets given offside as if he's either touched it or was impeding the eye line. But I'm not sure that he was. Who scored? Who scored the goal then? If Shaka, I don't actually know. I was. I'm, was it Lacazette? I was watching it. It may. Have oh been. yeah, I was, was watching it for for the Jacker. Uh, uh, see where Jacker was. Uh, first yeah. of all, Frere Jacker. Um, but uh, I'm I'm totally, totally in all favour of giving anything and Lacazette does as disallowed because he's a woeful player. He doesn't deserve anything. He's terrible. He is terrible. terrible. But is he, I mean, I, I was reading I was reading a review of this game and they were talking about Tierney's delivery being fantastic again. He missed an absolute sitter. Well, I think I think it was there criminal. Comes, I think there comes a point, and I missed a bit. I like. I liked having a Bamiyang out there, out wide early on in the season. I thought that worked well. It accentuated his strengths while removing his flaws. But I think the time has come for Arsenal to get him back in the middle because um, they need that extra creativity. And I think if they can have Saka further up the pitch, they might get that. Um, because so far this season, they're literally carried by top tiers finishing. Like you look at their XGs, that it's horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, 
And I look at that midfield three of Ceballos, Party, and Jacker, and I just do not know where the ball creation is going to come from. I no. do, do not. And it's certainly not coming from the right wing. <laughs> he fooled you. You thought three assists first full of you thought. <laughs> they thought he was good. <laughs> He's only come over there so he can run his restaurant with Tav and Louise. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's marvelous, isn't it? Oh, it's marvelous. <laughs> That's how, this is how how we know Hazard was really good because he made William look like a competent player. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Yes, right, put on your turtleneck, Arteta, and go home crying. Right. So, I'm going to ask you the question because we've got two sides of a coin here, two sides of an MLS turtleneck. David Harris thinks that Ozil should be in the squad. Mikey Breslin does not think Ozil should be in the squad. Can we uh, clarify, when we say squad, I mean 25-man squad, not necessarily match day squad at this very moment in time. Okay. Oh, come on. No, I just think he should be registered. I'm not saying he... I can't imagine for one minute he's match fit, so he shouldn't be in the, the 18. Why should he be in the 25-man squad? <sighs> I think that he still has something to offer. And this Everton mid- oh, Everton midfield, maybe I just won't speak for the rest of the episode. Yeah, don't this... bother. You think Ozil should be in the squad? No, this... keep, going. keep going. Okay, this Arsenal midfielder crying out for creation. And yes, Ozil's not been anywhere near his best for a couple of years. But at least he'd be able to throw someone in against a lesser team, maybe, and try a dis- different midfield setup, see if it can actually change anything. Like, I think it's more of a practicality reason. I know there's a lot of political things uh, within the club and also things he's commented on that have probably made, meant more than anything that he's not actually registered. But I think... I don't know, I also don't like it when clubs treat a player that's been there for a long time like dirt. I, it just never sits well with me. I think they're forgetting everything that he's that, done well, for them. Well, they haven't registered him. So they gave him three. They're giving him three hundred grand a week. Yeah, like surely even from a practicality part, you're gonna. Try not, and play no, no, it, no, 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 no. They've not. Treated <laughs> I don't him think like that's treating him like. Dirt. They're paying him three hundred grand. Yeah, but they let him sign that contract. They let it's him sign the contract <laughs> where they were going to give him three hundred grand a week. Right. It's not it's his not... fault. They offered him that money. No, no, it's not. It's not, but they're not treating it him like just because they're basically they're saying to him, sit at home because you're not good enough and we'll pay you 300 grand a week. Yeah, but that's not the reason they're not registered him well. Well, you, you, you think the reason he because I think there's a footballing reason they haven't registered him. Mike? I think it's oh, sorry, Do you want to take the footballing we, reason? Well, we haven't seen him play well for years. That's the reason. When fraudulent. When was the last Dirk Gooders? Yeah, he is fraudulent. His name keeps getting brought up. When was the last Gooders game? Was it that Leicester game? I don't know. Yeah, the last time I can remember was when he scored that goal somewhere in like Russia or Ukraine in the Europa League when he sat about four players down. That's that's the last good thing I can remember from Ozil. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so I he, can tell you when he last played well or even played a game. So, Ozil doesn't... The knock against Ozil has always been he doesn't work hard enough. Arteta clearly wants to make Arsenal hard to beat. Um, if To get Ozil in the team, you have to play a number 10 because he can't play out wide. So, you're going to have to change the balance of the team. So, you're looking at playing Aubameyang deeper on the left. You're looking at Ozil as a... Ozil as a and you're going to task Aubameyang with more tracking back. You're going to play Ozil at number 10, free roll. You're going to play William on the right, Lacazette up front, and then you've got to have two players sitting. You've got to change the balance of your team, and clearly Arteta wants to go to 4-3-3. So I don't see where he even fits in. And even if he did fit in, like Mike says, he hasn't played well for a very long time. In fact, I'd, I'd go as far to say as he's only ever had two good seasons at Arsenal. They don't want to carry his lack of legs, so I don't necessarily blame them. <laughs> If he's not creating, yeah, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that much from him for years. 
if he's not creating, you're getting no, you're getting a negative out of him. It's not a case of you've got someone in there you're carrying. You've got someone in there who is actually a negative for your team if he's not creating. Yeah, that's true. I, I just think it's just an irrelevant argument. And and Mike, do you think they're treating him like dirt? Oh, here we go. Oh, he's got 300,000 reasons to be happy. Here it comes. He bloody has. It's not not that. It's just just the inference that he's been treated. He's not been treated particularly well. No, he's not. Equally, he's not. He maybe hasn't treated the club well either. Equally, he's been paid a lot to do a job, and he's not done the job well. I mean, good point, but look at Mustafi at the back. Is Mustafi playing? Yes, shit. For every single time he's ever played. Yeah, but yeah, I think that at least with yeah. Mus- come on, Will. You can't defend okay. Mustafi. No, I can. I can. I can. I can. Because here we go. Because at least because Mustafi, you don't have to change your shape for Mustafi. You just put him at centre back. You don't have to change your entire shape to accommodate a player who's not playing well. It's true. Yeah, I mean that's that's the point. I'll give you that <laughs> one. You give me one. Thanks. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah. I mean, not that Mustafi ever leaves. He's playing in position, but um, yeah. I, I I think Özil Özil needs a, a move back to Germany, but obviously, like you, they you, they signed you to a contract, Mesut, so take them for all the money they're worth. Because quite frankly, they should never have they should never have signed you to that deal. That yeah, they should have deal. given it to Aaron Ramsey instead. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we that could have been wiser. You could do a whole podcast about um, Arsenal's mismanagement of their squad. You really could. Oh yeah. yeah. Should we do it next week? Should we have a <laughs> Should we have a quick couple of minutes on Bamford's hat trick? Well, what else is there ever to say than he's he's the goat? <laughs> he's, he's the best left footed player I've ever seen. Well, on a, he's, oh, no. so here's the thing. I, again, I didn't want, again. I didn't. I didn't watch this game because I'm not paying for it. Um, but I saw Bamford score a hat trick, and I thought I was like, "That's brilliant." And then Mike texted me saying his second goals, his second goal, and second and third goal are of unreal quality. And I was just, I was just, I thought it was the usual Bamford joke. I thought it coming off his thigh or something. And then I went and watched him, and I'm like, "Oh my god." What a performance. The man's a genius. What a performance. What a player. I don't know how he squeezes the third one in. I really don't. Oh, The third one is brilliant. He's surrounded by four defenders. He's, he takes it past the first one, nips inside one the second one. One of them's Tyrone uses... like, so three defenders really, isn't it? <laughs> then he uses one of them to just bend it in the far corner. Martinez, rooted. Thanks for coming. It is a gorgeous goal. Gorgeous guy. And the second one's a beauty. Fun, fun. Do you, what do you want a bloke? Do you want um that? How many goals has he got in the league? Sorry. Six. Six. Um. Yes. Do you want a stat? Do you want a stat? Go on. Patrick Bamford has six more goals this season from open play than Lionel Messi. Well, did you just call him Patrick Bamford? No, but he's <laughs> Professor Patrick. Oh, Maybe that should be. The... I thought you called him Patrick Bamford. No, oh, you should have. I'd have called him Patrick Bamford. You never know. Oh, that's going on. That's going on the what we noticed this weekend. So you can look out. Well, perhaps, for that, ladies and gentlemen, because Patrick Bamford, England bound. Let me tell you. No, but joking apart, joking apart. Take Patrick Bamford's career. Um, so he had a. He wasn't. He didn't finish particularly well last year. He had a couple of ill-suited Premier League loans to him, and everyone sort of made up, made up the idea about him as being a, an okay Championship striker, underperforming at the top level. He's come up. Admittedly, he's playing a team that he knows well and plays to his strengths. But how pleasing is this to see, really? I'm really happy for him. Yeah, because... It, I'm really happy for him. He's keeping proven Spain international Rodrigo out of the starting berth at striker. So, something's going well for him. I think it's great after everyone wrote him off after last year because he missed a few chances. And now he's just sticking him in there. <laughs> Do you want another stat? Unreal. Go on, well. Go on. Goals after five games last year. Timu Puki, six. Oh, no. Goals after five games this year. Patrick Bamford, six. I am not worried, though, because I've seen more in his all-around game. Yeah. And he doesn't have a He's... head like a potato. 
he is a far better all-round striker. And I, I, I again, again, I think the Villa, the Villa will be fine, but they just got called out by a, a team that are going to catch a lot of teams back. I think. I think so that it's interesting Wolves, you say uh, that. Not Wolves. If Leeds if, are so fit, they just outrun everyone. They're, they're going to for a little while. Mm. And yeah, Villa just had a bad night. I think. It's, it's we'll, I think we there'll be I think we're definitely gonna see two seasons. We're gonna see the, the pre the pre Christmas where some of these teams like Leeds and Villa are playing one game a week and then after Christmas when it all gets a bit more condensed and jumbled, we're gonna real see a difference to teams like Leeds who who their style of play takes such a toll on their um, fitness. Dave? Grealish had scored the one that Aylin cleared off the line or he scored a ridiculous individual goal, Grealish at nil nil, which Mm-hmm. To be honest, if it had gone in, uh, even I would have applauded it. If he, I feel if Villa had scored either of those goals, this could have been a totally different game. Um, hmm. But credit goals to change Leeds. Games. Credit yeah, goals to Leeds. do change. A wise man wants to say goals change games. That man. Well, as my coach said, you can't score if you don't. You can't win if you don't score, mate. It's a great point. Is it? Michael Owen made it and he gets paid to talk about football, so yeah. Yeah, but so does Sol Campbell. I think France. I think France. <laughs> anyway, we we've got to the point of the podcast where we're all a bit tired, it's all a bit waffling on. So let's end it here before we have to do it, make it like a horse that's fell at the Grand National and take it out of the back and shoot it. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> Dave, Dave, if the people want to follow you, where can they follow you? Uh on Twitter, Ave <laughs> or oh, no. <laughs> Dave Harris, it's that's at, for next week. It's, <laughs> it's at Dave Harris underscore 44. Oh. And, Mike, if the people want to follow you to find out why um, the North East is the number one, in, number one importer of Samba products, where can they find you? <laughs> I'm running out of ways to get Joel Linton in. They get worse every week. The mighty Joel Linton uh, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter for those. Yeah. And my tips. betting tips, which... Unfortunately, Wolves can see the late, late equaliser this week. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we might eventually. That's about as much as I'd like to say about that game. We might eventually stop giving you updates to Mike Breslin's betting at betting tips. It's just depending on how well they go. Um, and if we're you're almost, we almost, right there, but... we're almost doing all right. I can't believe it. Um, and if you want to follow me, you can do so at Wilhunt17. Please don't, please instead follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials, including YouTube. Um, now, if you want to read more about Extended Force, you can do so at inandaroundmedia.com. You can find Brez's bets. You can find the five things we learned in the Premier League. And pretty soon you'll be able to find five things we learned in the Champions League, including about how I think Club Rouge versus Senate is so good. And it just makes me wet with anticipation. You see me, lads. I'm, I'm, I'm salivating. I'm salivating at the, for the idea of a Super League with more of these games. Well, Please. that was hell of a sentence. <laughs> It was, Dave. It was. It was. Sorry, did I say Dave? I meant Ave. Um, <laughs> but you can also oh, send any questions you have for us for at inandaroundpod at gmail.com. And then until next time, that will do it. Cheers, guys. Anyone, Cheers, guys. anyone want to end on the podcast? Any, any questions they want to ask before we go? Um, no, but... Turtlenecks and PR. Have a great week. Turtlenecks and PR. Did you get a turtleneck for your birthday, Will? No, I didn't because um <laughs> because I'm not and honestly, while we're on it with Arteta, he's just he's just he's just Benitez with a cross trainer. <laughs> <laughs> he is, isn't he? Like he watched you play and everyone's like, oh he's great, isn't he? I'm like he's a defensive manager. He's Benitez oh, with a Benitez with a cross Benitez trainer and without you a for Champions League is what he is. Christ almighty. Oh, that might be a new yeah. name for the yeah, That's one of the best things you've said. He'll be at Newcastle in 10 years complaining about the transfer budget. Oh, right. Yeah. Be all right. Frank will be in the House of Lords. There you are. <laughs> anyway, until next time. Good night.